We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If you look at him statistically and what he's been able to do in his first four, five, six years in this league, you know, it's kind of unmatched by anybody, so... You know, they're they're the the mantra of what you want to be, how you how you need to do it, because again, they're just constantly in the AFC Championship game. He's been in three Super Bowls now. Like, we got to find ways to, you know, it's a copycat league, so we got to find ways to to be like them. Bills quarterback Josh Allen on the Kyle Brandt podcast, Kyle Brandt's basement. Got to be like them, be like the Chiefs. One other thing we learned on that podcast was that Dawson Knox and the rest of the Bills' offensive line is currently on a 10-day trip in Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe Marino of the Draft Network joining us on the, on the days. Ten days. Joe. Holy cow. I don't know if you've been to Vegas or you're a Vegas guy. The, I think 10 days in Vegas would scare just about anybody. Yeah, I've had two recent trips to Vegas uh, for work. One, one was for the Shrine game and, and then the draft last year. And I'll tell you, after about three days, I'm ready to get out of there. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a hell of a choice. Yeah, 10 days. These guys are uh, these guys are committed. Joe Marino of the Draft Network and Locked on Bills podcast joining us on the Western Hotline. All right, Joe. So, you know, Josh Allen there says, got to find ways to be like the Chiefs. I'm... I almost want to say, like, you know, do you want to find ways to be like them defensively? Their defense has not been as strong as the Bills. Whatever. We'll, we'll get to the offensive side, to Josh's side of the ball. So, if, if if the mission is that, how much should the Bills try to be like them? They have a great quarterback, albeit a different quarterback. So, what elements of the Chiefs should the Bills be trying to emulate, and what should they stick to their own plan on? I think where the Chiefs have done a phenomenal job is with finding – meaningful players on rookie deals to contribute around their big-ticket players. They have a lot of very good, expensive players. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Tooney, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. Uh, they don't They don't have um, stars and scrubs, right? They have some big-ticket players, but the job of Brett Beach, their general manager, to find these players in the draft every single year to fill out their roster to get guys like Trey Smith in the sixth round and Creed Humphrey in the second round and Nick Bolton in the second round and, you know, what they were able to do with their defensive backfield, their secondary, literally almost just completely replaced it this past year with draft picks and their ability to be honest about their roster and, and saying, you know what, we, we need to trade Tyreek Hill uh, while we're in this Super Bowl window. We need to be willing to let a Tyron Matthew walk on the defensive side of the football because we trust our ability to – draft and get quick contributions from players that are going to be cheaper. And, you know, Pat Mahomes covered 
was over 17% of their cap this past year, and they were able to piece this together. And so I think if you want to be like the Chiefs, I think the best thing that you can do is figure out ways to emulate how they've built their roster, how they've been honest about their players when it's time to, to move on from them, and their ability to hit on draft picks to give you low-cost players, giving you significant contributions and rookie deals around your big-ticket players. I think that's the biggest thing that you want to emulate. I mean, the other stuff is X's and O's and in, in, in execution. I think it's about getting the right players in the building around your stars. On the rookie point, Joe, I'm not sure how much you see this point. This this brought up to you. Do the Bills trust rookies enough? Because there are some rookies that, yes, they'll throw right in, but whether it's James Cook or Khalil Shakir, I think the offensive side might be the, the side of the ball that people think about this more. Should they be more trusting of their rookies? I think there's a case to be made there. One thing that I think is an incorrect narrative that's that's come my way a few times is that the Bills are reluctant to play rookies because that's just not true. Go through all of their draft classes. There's there's rookie starters from every single one of them. Um, and so that's that's there there's maybe not the willingness uh, to the fullest extent that maybe some other teams are, but I think that's just a product of where the Bills are in their life cycle as a football team. You know, there's a there's a saying in, in the NFL that you lose you lose one game for every rookie that you start, and there's a I mean that's a belief out there, and, and you know you've heard you've heard even Josh Allen say it in press conferences regularly. You know, he calls them dumb rookies, right? Until they're not. I mean, that's that that stuff exists for a reason. But I think when you have a situation like the Chiefs, where the infrastructure schematically and with their coordinators has been so consistent, I mean, Spagnuolo's been their DC forever. Uh, it's been the enemy and, and Andy Reid is their, their offensive masterminds forever. And I think when you have that stable coaching staff with your core players in place, being able to insert rookies around them uh, is a lot easier. And I think the Chiefs have just done a better job of that than the Bills. Allen says they're copycat league. And I'm just trying to figure out, Joe, like what what is it that the Bills could copy from the Chiefs? Like, You'll hear very quickly, well, what about the Tyreek Hill trade? Like, they made that move, and I just don't think that move exists for the Bills. Even when you, like, if someone wants to bring up Diggs in that conversation, it's not the same. Hill was like $1 million on the Chiefs' cap for trading him. Diggs just signed a contract, so even that's not the same. So, I, when you look at Kansas City and you hear Allen even say copycat league, I just don't know... I don't know what the Bills are supposed to emulate without doing. Like they could do stuff, but it, to me, would be different. More screens, more what? Yeah, maybe right? like it's more schematic. Is, stuff. is there any schematic things they should be borrowing? Well, I, I think the biggest difference is the implementation of the quick passing game. Uh, that has been a legitimate thing over the last several years for Kansas City, where even you know part of the belief that some people I think very ridiculously said that the, the Chiefs would be better without Tyreek Hill. It was. Because with Tyreek Hill, they weren't using his vertical speed down the field with a whole lot of consistency. It was so much quick game. And it was their, it was their response to the two high safety looks that they were getting was to get the ball out quick, force tackles, and then you know be patient with your shots down the field. I think that right there is a, what I just said doesn't really vibe with what we saw from the Bills offense down the stretch. And you wonder how much of that was circumstantial based on you know how drastically different um, the play calling and design of the offense was after Josh Allen's uh, elbow injury. And if, if there's some merit to the quick passing game being hard on that elbow um, to, to really do that with consistency, I know that Josh hasn't really given any indicators, but when you look at the data, it certainly it says that something very different happened structurally with the offense after the elbow injury. So I think offensively that's probably the, the biggest 
the biggest difference that I've seen between the two teams because, I mean, they, they I mean, I think you can make a, a case that Josh Allen's every bit as physically gifted as Pat Mahomes. There's not anything that he can do on the field that Josh Allen can't. It's the consistency and efficiency that Pat Mahomes executes with, and I think that leans into him being more willing to take high-percentage plays uh, and get the ball out of his hands, where the Bills lived in this world late in the season uh, that it was low-variance plays and um, you know really working the ball down the field and, and not being as committed to the short passing game. So that feels like the biggest stylistic difference in terms of the way the teams play. Yeah, I saw your numbers on that. Mahomes in the Super Bowl, 56% of his passes were mm. with less than two and a half seconds. And Joe, will we ever see Josh Allen play a game like that? Just like you said, schematic differences. It's just not the kind of offense that a Josh Allen offense is likely to be all that frequently. I thought we saw some of that uh, early in the season against the Rams. I mean, the efficiency of that passing offense was was pretty interesting. I mean, um, getting the ball out quick. And I think it's about finding that balance uh, and rhythm where I, I don't think you want to neuter the offense and, and not have Josh Allen push the ball down the field. That would be inappropriate, too. I mean, you've got a rocket arm quarterback with size that is phenomenal in play action. You want to lean into that a lot. Um, but I think uh, we got a very extreme opposite of that where I, I don't think it was Josh Allen. I, I know you're, the tweet that you're referring to. I don't think in his last four games he was like over 20% of getting the ball out in under two and a half seconds. So, I mean, uh, they got to find some rhythm with the passing offense. I, I Again, the elbow thing is something I keep coming back to. Uh, we've certainly had our conversations about the skill sets of the wide receivers around Josh Allen, and when you're funneling you know, 90 to 100 targets to Gabe Davis, who doesn't really thrive in that quick game and that ability to uncover quickly and not having that slot player that Josh has been able to lean on like a Cole Beasley, you know, those things kind of contributed, I think, you know, a lot to – the style of offense that we saw the Bills embrace late in the season. Joe Marino of the Draft Network and the Locked On Bills podcast. I saw that you tweeted out some of the things you talked about in your latest episode of Locked On Bills podcast, and Joe and I brought it up yesterday or the day before. The idea that the Edmonds decision or the offense, like do you do you go big and keep Tremaine Edmonds, or do you kind of fundamentally shift and start spending that money on the offense? Last week, Joe, you made the very compelling case about how important Edmonds is to this defense. So I guess I'll ask you the same question that Joe and I kicked around is, does a commitment to Edmonds, does that decision, what they do with Edmonds, really drive the entire offseason and what direction you think that they go? Because they're going to keep their defense fundamentally the same and continue to pay it big money, or they kind of shift gears and say it's time to be not exactly an entirely different team, but there would be major, major changes with the absence of a Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, and I, I appreciate a Twitter account, at SportsRock2, uh, who put out some numbers yesterday that were pretty revealing. Uh, and it's that the Bills were .19 EPA worse against the pass when Tremaine Evans was off the field versus when he was on it. And that's the equivalent of going from the fourth-best pass defense to the 29th-pass defense. <laughs> and you can remember the games that he wasn't on the field. It was the Browns game. It was the Lions game. And you remember Jacoby Brissett and Jared Goff picking the Bills apart in the middle of the field. And then how about Minnesota, where Tremaine was on the field for the first half, not the second half. You could see how drastically different the defense looked. And that's not something I'm willing to sign up for, especially when you have a player that's five years of experience in your system uh, that's had, a, I think, the Bills have been a top three scoring defense in four of the five seasons. And he's been you know, the player that the, the coaching staff identifies as the leader of the unit. Uh, he's entering his age 25 season with that level of experience. I don't – I don't think you let that guy get away, especially a first-round pick that you traded up for. I think that the Bills' offensive 
problems can be solved with an extension to Tremaine Evans that probably pays him north of $15 million a season. I think they need a left guard, and I think they need a slot receiver, and I think they need a, 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 an early-round pick at receiver as well, and I think you're going to be fine. So within your first three draft picks, figure out how to get that receiver and that guard. I mean, I don't know if you can sign one in free agency that you like, bring Cole Beasley back, back to be the slot. I don't, I don't think this is like this massive puzzle to figure out. I think you can do it and pay Tremaine Evans and get the best of both worlds. I think more than anything, Josh Allen's elbow has to get healthy, and Ken Dorsey has to find his rhythm with a, as a play caller. With the offensive line, you said you know left guard. You don't believe there's a need for a massive rebuild on the offensive line? It's just a small tweak, you think? I just don't think realistically there will be a, a massive rebuild. I think you're paying three starters in Dawkins, Morse, and Bates. So I, that's, that's three of your five. And then you have Spencer Brown at right tackle, who's, you know, it certainly feels like he's the favorite to start there, listening to Brandon Bean talk about uh, really not having an offseason between year one and year two, uh, dealing with back surgery recovery, right? He wasn't even practicing until just a couple weeks before the Rams game. And then you think about he didn't even play football in 2020. And we're talking about, and I don't, I don't mean to be hyperbolic because I'm not. Spencer Brown's one of the most physically gifted human beings that's in the NFL in terms of size and athleticism. And so uh, it feels like he's the front runner to be that, that, uh, that right tackle, and, and it's his job to lose. Maybe you bring in meaningful competition um, as best you can, but I think that's, that's four-fifths of your starting offensive line. And so uh, maybe these, there's even a world where Ike Bucker or Tommy Doyle is that, that left guard or, or right guard. Maybe you move Bates back over to the left side. I think, I think that's what you're looking at with the offensive line. And one thing that I've come back to with some of the frustrations that I think many people have with the offensive line is, I, yeah, it was certainly some instances of, of players getting beat, right? That's normal. That happens in the NFL. I thought the protection schemes failed more than anything where there was mental mistakes, guys not sliding the right way, uh, free runners not accounted for, sometimes by the quarterback. I think that was what contributed more than anything to some of the pressure that we saw Josh Allen face. How down do you – I know you're not a, like a capologist, but how down do you have their situation? Like if they were to pay Edmonds, do you have an idea of whether it's left guard like you just mentioned or slot receiver? Like do you have an idea of what ballpark they'd be in like – a DJ Chark or, you know, one of those second-level free agent receivers or left guards? Like, do you feel like they'll – do you do you feel you know whether or not they'll have room for a move like that if they pay Edmonds? It's all about deal structures. You know, I, I know we, we, we're going to say that Tremaine Edmonds is going to get at least $15 million a season. Okay, well, let's live in that world. That doesn't mean he's going to count $15 million against the cap next year, right? You're going to – you're going to structure that deal in such a way that it's going to have minimal cap hits early on and kind of push the bigger cap hits down the road where you have more um, available cap space. So I think deal structuring is going to be really important. Um, and then it's just going to be about how aggressive Brandon Bean wants to get with restructures. And aggressive might be the wrong word there because uh, a cap or a base salary restructures creates cap space now, but it doesn't take anything away from the player. It just gives them their money sooner. And so they're very, they're very routine. And it's just a matter of how many times or how many different players Bean wants to consider that with. And, you know, obviously the, 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 the consequence of that is pushing money into future years. Well, you hope that in future years you have a stronger base of young players on rookie deals and that you have a cap that continues to go up, right? That's, that's the world that you want to live in with that. Um, and so I think it's, it's that willingness to restructure and push money that's going to – give them the money necessary to, first of all, get 
under the cap because right now they're around $20 million over. But you, you restructure Josh Allen, you get $21 million right there before you consider any of the, of the other possibilities. So I think that there's some things that can happen. I think there's some extensions the Bills can give out. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Micah Hyde. Well, you, you're paying him this year on the last year of his deal. Would you like to give him another year of salary and spread some of his money around? There's ways that the Bills can give themselves enough flexibility to get what they need to get done this offseason. Now, I don't think it's a Von Miller, and I don't think it's something like that, but I think there's some meaningful moves that they can make to position themselves to go out and compete next season. What about Beckham? Adam Henry, new Bills wide receiver coach, has worked with him in three different spots. Uh, contract, I'm sure, will drive this conversation, but are you thinking at all about him today after they hired his, his uh, receivers coach? Yeah, I think we all are, right? I, I think that's a very natural thing to think about, and I, I reached out to uh, somebody that I know that worked uh, at the LSU program while, while Adam Henry was there and had really good things to say about him. And so, um, yeah, obviously, the, the, the Adam Henry with Odell at LSU, with the Giants, with the Browns, I mean, that's, that's a heck of a coincidence. I mean, you, you just piece it all together. The Bills had interest in Odell. Von Miller continues to not rule it out. Um, you know, it just feels like there's a lot of momentum in that direction. Um, and so I, I, I'm very curious what that contract looks like. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's one of those that I could be convinced of a lot of different numbers uh, that make sense, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure how big his market's going to be. I know that it's kind of a weak class of free agent wide receivers, but, you know, the NFL has been so good at getting receivers in the draft that help right away. And so you wonder how willing teams are going to be to ignore overpaying guys like Jacoby Myers or Alan Lazard, you know, these types of receivers that are that are available. You don't want to pay those guys $15 million when you can get, you know, a younger, potentially more dynamic player in the draft. So, uh, we'll see how the Bills attack it. I'm really interested to see what Odell gets this offseason. Joe Marino of the Draft Network. Yeah, Joe, if they do bring in Beckham, I don't think that – and I, I'd imagine you're, you're on, uh, lined up with this too. You mentioned potentially two receivers. They still have a need for a young receiver to to kind of start a clock on a receiver to be a part of the future Josh Allen core. Yeah, there's no question. And, and I think it's as simple as this. You're paying Diggs all the money. You're paying Dawson Knox a, a pretty big chunk of change, right about $14 million a season. Right now, what, 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 no matter what you think of Gabe Davis, and we, I think it's pretty well understood that I'm pretty lukewarm on Gabe Davis as the, the long-term number two receiver. He's, he's producing at a level that's going to put him in an $18, $19, 20000000 million a year type range. And you're not going to pay three offensive playmakers, two receivers and a tight end, you're not going to have $40 million of cap space committed to those three players. I mean, that's just, that's just not going to happen. You, know, and you add in Josh Allen, and you're going to have like an $80 million top three options in your offense. I mean, that's just, that's, that, that can't happen. And so, yes, the Bills need to be uh, adding to the cupboard when it comes to receivers. Um, and I, would, I think they should pick one of the first three rounds um, to start getting uh, chemistry and, and allowing you, know, you to move on from a player like Gabe Davis and and, and really take advantage of the cash savings that could be had from not paying him. One last before we go. Well, you know, we've got plenty to get into the and when we get to draft season and all the mock drafts that are going to set the Bills a running back, whether it's B. John Robinson or whoever. Um, I wonder your feeling on, on James Cook right now, the way he came on later in the season. Are you of the mind that the Bills could and should make him their number one, in effect? Well, I, I really am encouraged by James Cook. I thought he's the player on the roster that from the beginning of the season to the end of the season had the most in-season growth, and you like to think about what that can mean going into year two. 
Um, I think James Cook can be the Bills' feature running back, but I, I do think you need to have a complement there to kind of make up for the missing elements of the skill set. Um, you know, James is a really good um, elusive runner, speed, uh, creativity, pass-catching ability, but he doesn't really bring you much in terms of downhill between the tackles. You need physical runs, you know, closing out games, um, short yardage, pass protection, right? So I think you need to have – uh, a player that gives you those dynamics. And so I don't think it's hard to find those dynamics. A, a, a mid to late round draft pick, uh, something like that can, can accomplish that. Uh, but I do think that it, it makes a lot of sense for the Bills to lean into James Cook as their primary running back, um, which also means not committing cap space to Devin Singletary on an extension and then leaning into a, a you know a mid-round rookie to, to make up for what you're not getting in James Cook in your backfield. But not a first-round rookie. Listen, I, I, I went into this. I went to this a lot on Bills today. Uh, B. John Robinson's one of those really special players, and I don't think there's a world where he gets to 27. But I, I will pound the table and tell you that I think he's one of the three best football players in this draft. And 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 for as much as uh, not pick a running back in the first round guy that I am, you tell me you pick 27, you get B. John Robinson. You know, I I, I can only be so so mad about that. I mm. I, I actually don't think Ooh. I'd mind it at all. I. Jeremy, we put him on the list for that. I don't, I don't think know. we. That doesn't listen. Say, it's close. Joe can sell me anything, and if <laughs> like, you know, like I, I trust you all the way, Joe, and like that's that, that's gonna be a tough one for me to to make peace with. I was ready to make peace with. It'll it. be the biggest test well, in your relationship ever. Well, well here's the thing, like. I, I've kind of run through this. When it was Travis Etienne, I could, all right, I get it. I understand it. You have a pretty complete roster. And when it was last year about Brees Hall, it's kind of the same thing. This time, it feels like they have more holes to fill and feels like it's a harder thing to try to get to if you're trying to talk yourself into it. I don't disagree. It's just it's about Bijan. You know what I mean? That's what it comes down to. I think he's one of those like legitimate like McCaffrey, we're talking like that oh, level of offensive ability. Yes, yes, yeah. every every bit of that, and so that's that's what gets me excited about the idea. I, I don't think it's reality. I don't think there's a, a chance he touches 27, but he's that type of talent that makes me kind of break some of my own personal rules. Yeah, and and I think he's just you, you say, wow, this would make this offense it's more dynamic. He gives you everything at the position, and um, I think he's just a special talent. And so it's about Bijan more than it is anything else. I just think that would be too big of a steal to pass up at 27. All right. I'm do, sure we'll... do you have a team you're thinking of that, like, he won't get past oh. this team? Philadelphia? The, the, the team they have a middle pick, don't him. they? Yeah, Philadelphia. At I, 10. Well, listen, as a, as a mock draft writer, uh, you mock Bijan pretty much any team they yell at you, especially the Eagles fans because – so Howie would never pick a running back in the first round. Uh, but I, I love him to Detroit. Uh, right, there, I, I, If I'm Detroit, I'm thinking about him at six. I think they pick again at 18. Yep. Yeah, I think Baltimore's a team that I I think would be phenomenal for him. Um, those are, you know, Atlanta, I, I think maybe they have yeah. some bigger issues. But if they, you know, if they are happy with Desmond Ritter, I mean, maybe you think about it. That's been a big part of what Arthur Smith is and very good with uh, Derrick Henry. So I don't know. I think there's some landing spots, but Detroit's the one that I really love. Tennessee would be the funniest. <laughs> just reset <laughs> the clock on what they're doing. Just do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you get five years out of the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you let you move on. You don't pay him ever, right? But uh, yeah, five years of Bijan at 27. That's that's pretty tempting for me. All right. Joe Marino of the Draft Network. I'm sure we'll talk about him and the other running backs and receivers, you know, draft season uh, approaches. Thanks, Joe.
All right, guys. Thank you. Joe Marino of the Draft Network. Man, I did not think my entire worldview wow. was going to be rocked today. I just I, – I trust Joe. He could be – I trust Joe, too. He could be the best player in the draft, and I wouldn't want to pick him at 27. That's what they said about like Spiller, right? Like, oh, this guy, Gruden, the, Gruden said that. Think he, of it this way. The better he is, the more he's going to get the football. Okay. That, got, does that sound good? Okay. I don't, that doesn't sound good to me. I have a stat on that. I, to when we get back, context. So, One Bills Live had a good conversation about this, about how much Josh is, the percentage of the offense that Josh Allen is for the Bills. Right? He passes, he runs. His percentage as compared to his peers. I'll get you some of those numbers and we'll talk about how much of an issue it really is that Josh carries too much of the load. The context of that next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.